man, this ain't Monday Night Football. This is the Ring Scoop Podcast. Let's get with it. Hello, wrestling fans. This is the Ring Scoop Podcast, and I am your host, the webmaster, Wade Needham. And I am recording this on Thursday, July 1st, 2021 at 1.54 p.m. And uh, we have a special two-part podcast, uh, one for this week, one for next week. Uh, I, I had a conversation with the expert Matt Sinister last night on June 30th, 2021. Um, just to kind of put a little timestamp out there so everybody knows. So if you're listening to this well after this week, you kind of get an idea of when this was. June 30th is when we recorded the, the conversation and uh, recording this intro here on July 1st. Uh, the expert Matt Sinister. I have not talked to Matt like verbally on the phone, you know, like actually talking to Mac. Uh, I mean, Matt uh, Sinister um, in five years. We've uh, exchanged texts and DMs from time to time over the last couple of years, but we actually haven't spoke to each other in five years. And uh, we thought it was long overdue and decided to. Um, record it and put it up as a podcast and time to time to catch up. You know what I mean? Um, when Matt and I were talking about doing this, I was asking, uh, asking Matt, you know, like when, when he wanted to do this and, and whatnot. And he was telling me an idea of like what he kind of wanted to talk about. And Matt wanted to pretty much, he wanted to give an update on his career. Um, he wanted to give details about his departure from the Empire Wrestling Federation, the EWF, and the wrestling business. Matt also, he wanted to talk about his relationships with uh, close friends Jake Alexander, also known as Black Metal, and the legendary Jesse Hernandez. So Matt talks a little bit about that as well. More than a little bit, actually. Matt has a lot to say. Um, Matt Sinister also wanted to talk about you know, what he's been up to since leaving the wrestling business. He uh, went into great detail as well about his suicide attempt in 2016 and how life is now for the expert. It was a very open conversation with Matt. I asked him before we recorded, is there anything off topic or um, is there anything off limits? And he said, no, everything was, was, was open. Uh, no stone left unturned as they would say. He, he pretty much laid it out all on the line for everybody. It's a very open conversation with Matt Sinister. Matt's a good guy. He's a very good guy. When I, um, when I first started commentary for the EWF, Matt took me under his wing. He had just made a return to the EWF. He was doing commentary, and I was put into the spot as play-by-play guy to be his partner after uh, the commentators at the time, Lalo and Kelly, had, had departed from the organization. Matt took me under his wing. Um, we became pretty good friends, you know. I've always looked up to Matt. He's a great guy. A great guy. He's had quite the journey through both professional wrestling and his personal life. Uh, this is a two-part interview. We went we went a long time. Uh, two-part interview. The first, you know, is this episode here, and the next week will be the conclusion. 
And quite frankly, I, I don't want to waste any more of your guys' time. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. The expert, Matt Sinister. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the Ring Scoops podcast, and I have a very special guest with me, the expert, Matt Sinister, the legendary expert, Matt Sinister. Matt, what's up, man? Wait, it's good to talk to you. It's good to be here on the podcast. You know, as everybody knows, I uh, left the business in 2016. Yep. There's a big reason behind why I left the business. And, uh, you know, I thought we'd get into that today. And, but I'm just, uh, you know, it's nice to talk to you and to uh, talk about wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. I, I don't think that we have spoke since uh, the last time that we did commentary together for EWF at the 20th anniversary in 2016. Oh, and that was a great show. I remember I gave away the, uh, the ending to Captain America Civil War. The yeah. heat that I got. Oh, God, that was great. <laughs> Yeah, if, if they were able to throw snowballs at you, they would have melted by the time they got to you. That's how much Somebody heat you generated. threw a diaper at me and missed, but they threw a diaper <laughs> at me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, that, that was that was a, a good night of uh, wrestling action. Uh, I always, like, anytime anybody asks, you know, what are, what are some of your best work as a commentator? I always refer to them at, to the Scorpio Sky versus Kazarian match that night because I think you and I, I think, delivered the best commentary that we ever did as a team that night. Yeah, and I was actually uh, very, uh, very much behind getting that match together. Were you now? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, Jake, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk about him. Okay. Uh, Jake, uh, Black Metal, my former tag team partner, who was also, uh, you know, booking for EWF at the time. He... Uh, you know, oftentimes he would uh, come up with ideas and, and shoot them to me to to uh, ask ask my opinion. And I had been uh, really asking him about what could I do, or I mean, about I really wanted to for this anniversary show commentate a, a you know a, a match between two real solid professionals. Okay. You know, and uh, when he told me like some of the people are going to be on the card, I was like immediately. Sky and Kazarian put that match together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was going back and forth. Finally, he was like, okay, we'll do it. And I'm like, yeah, great. And then I pulled Sky and Kazarian aside uh, at one point. Let them know that I was really looking forward to it, that I had a hand in putting them, you know, uh, pushing for the match. And they did not disappoint at all. They, oh, not at all. They tore it down. And, you know, one thing that's really nice with, uh, is seeing uh, Sky and Kazarian in AEW and that, you know, the success that they're having, you know, I feel the same way about, uh, you know, Daniels, um, Samoa Joe, you know, I had one of Samoa Joe's, if not his first or maybe his second uh, match in Revolution wow. Pro. Yeah. So uh, it was, uh, it, it's so, it's so nice to see that some guys that I came up with uh, are having the success that they, they had. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Kazarian, man, he's, he's been around quite a while. Uh, yeah. Sky as well. And not a lot of people know that. I mean, Sky, but he, he came up as Quicksilver first, right? And then he took some time off and came and when he returned, yeah. he was Scorpio Sky. Yeah. 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 I believe so. Yeah. I don't know. I, again, you know, I, uh, I, I had to retire early. 
uh, because of concussions. Yep. You know, nine concussions that I'm aware of, including uh, uh, multiple concussion syndrome. And uh, so there was there were some guys that were coming up uh, behind me, uh, you know, a few years behind me. And uh, Sky, it was one of those guys, you know. Actually, I could also remember uh, at the Rev Pro Dojos, these two little punk skinny kids that, uh, you know, were, you know, they, they were, uh, you know, they were new, they were green, they were, you know, they were teenagers. So you didn't really take them that seriously. You know, you're just like, okay, well, let's see when you come back when you're 18, let's see you come back when you're 21. And, but they, they had uh, quite a passion for wrestling. Um, and they turned out to be the young bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, they'd come to a few, uh, um training sessions at, at rev pro and uh of course then you know rev pro progressed into pwg and uh you know they went on from there but uh yeah that's that's a really cool thing with aew see and there were some guys there that uh came up right behind me they came up with me or came up right behind me so i'm really happy for them and uh i'm glad that we got some competition in uh, the wrestling industry once again oh absolutely and uh, yeah, there's definitely a, a huge SoCal influence um, in in AEW, and not just uh, on the roster like that, but like you know the referees. You got Rick Knox that's there as well. Um, the Young Bucks, you know, on the roster, uh, Sky, you know, all those guys. The SoCal uncensored completely. You know, Sky, yeah. Kazarian, Daniels. I know Daniels originated was from Chicago, but he had Chicago a huge run. Windy City here. Wedding, uh, Windy City Wrestling. Yeah, and then uh, then he came out and uh, started with EWF, um, and uh, he and I had a few. Uh, uh, we we were supposed to have a singles match, but he wound up not being able to uh, uh, do the show. I think actually he went back to Chicago for something. and wound up doing a Windy City Wrestling show out there. But we did have some tag matches, and uh, and then some tag matches in Lucha. What was interesting was in Lucha. Daniels was a baby face. Okay. You know, and I was a heel. And uh, I remember uh, we did this thing in uh, WPW was the name of the company. And uh, we were there, you know, this was at the, this was in the mid nineties, mid to late nineties. So everybody was ripping off the NWO. <laughs> and so we wound up, I wound up starting a, a group called WPR, the world power rebels. And it was a similar situation of like, the NWO, you know, and, uh, um, I remember they were telling me, uh, okay, well, you, we did the, we did the angle and then, uh, the following week we're going to have a, a six man tag. And they're just like, well, you're in the main event, man, you got to deliver. And I delivered. And the next week I, I showed up and everybody was just talking about me and just like, wow, we did not know you, you could do that. You know, because all the all the baby faces, I was bumping for them and catching them on dives and and just doing everything I could to to make the match good. You know, and then I remember in in EWF, it was uh, I believe Cincinnati Red and Christopher Daniels against me and Bulldog Samson. And uh, I remember uh, Billy Anderson at one point. Uh, he came to me after the after the match, and he was really uh, um, complimentary and he's like yeah we were watching that match and I looked over at Jesse I go Matt is carrying this whole match 
<laughs> and I looked at him. I said, well, you give me the opportunity and I'll deliver. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, unfortunately, uh, yeah, at the time, things went the way they did in EWF. Uh, and then I wound up, you know, of course, I wound up starting Rev Pro um, with guys like uh, American Wild Child, Super Dragon, um, Taro, you know, a few others, Mr. Excitement, uh, uh, a little bit later, uh, uh, Disco Machine. Uh, these were a core group of guys that uh, we just, we needed to, do, we wanted to do something. And, you know, uh, the the flagship of it, or, you know, should I say the, the guy who mastered and put it all together was uh, American Wild Child. And, uh, you know, everybody had their role and we really worked hard to build that company. And uh, we were just unfortunate being part of, by 2001, you know, when, when the Monday Night Wars peaked and WCW went out of business, I was actually scheduled for a tryout for WCW. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, the, uh, I was unable to do it because WCW went out of business. Yeah. You know, if, if everybody's heard the stories, um, Eric Bischoff was supposed to buy WCW and move it to Vegas. And he was looking for a lot of new talent, a lot of younger talent. You know, and at the time I was 24, 25 years old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I was, you know, really looking forward to it, but then, you know, that went its way. ECW went out of business. UFC started to dominate, so there wasn't that much in Japan. You know, so I went over and started working for XPW, doing the Crimson gimmick, and that destroyed my love for wrestling at the time. Really? How so? I, because it was just, it was the shits. Yeah. The gimmick was the shits. The company was the shits. You know, they were trying to be, you know, ECW 2.0. Was this before or after, like, client? I'm sorry. Uh, was this before or after Klein Rock was trying to do like the West Coast version of it, and then there was an East Coast? No, this version was too. at the time. This okay. was at the time, you know. And then they wound up, uh, you know, they hired Joey Styles to do commentary. They went to the ECW arena. Yeah. You know, the whole thing was just it was so contrived, and you know, now don't get me wrong, the boys were great. The yeah. guys there that you know, but I can remember. You know, going to, you know, I said, Rob Black was a porn producer. Yep. Okay. And I would show up there at times and, you know, they'd be filming a porn in the next room. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. And, uh, wow. Yeah. You know, some interesting things I saw at the time at, uh, you know, at uh, the uh, XPW offices. So, anyway, you know, I would show up for, for, uh, you know, vignettes or promos or whatever. And I would wait for five hours. Man. And then they'd come up to me and go, okay, what are we going to have you say? I was like, okay, go. Cool. You know what? I just thought about saying, you know what? Go screw yourself. You know, you did, you, you, this is a gimmick you gave me that I did not want to do. And then I tried to put my own take on it and you wouldn't let me do that either. You wanted to script everything. You wanted everything. So they're having me say things that I would never say. And they're also trying to go, well, you know, we got to make sure nobody knows it's you. 
And I'm like, everybody knows it's me. The minute I debuted, there were Rev Pro and Matt Sinister Chance. <laughs> you know, I got this mask on. There's a blonde ponytail sticking out of the back of the mask. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, uh, and, uh, you know, like, I, I, they wouldn't let me work other shows that were nearby. Oh, okay. You know, like, there were, there were Rev Pro shows that I wanted to do, and they wouldn't let me. They'd go, well, you know, people are going to know it's you, and... You know, we're like, you know, we're like the WWF before, you know, they started, you know, we don't acknowledge the competition, you know, and I was just like, so what you're telling me is you're marks, <laughs> you're marks. Yeah. Okay. People know it's a work. People know who's who. All right. We have gone long past the days of kayfabe and, you know, the, 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 you know, it's out there and it's ridiculous to think that, you know, Oh my God, you know, we're, we're exposing the business business exposed itself long, long time ago. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, I, you know, I had a, uh, you know, a couple of, yeah, you know, I did for nine months, I did run-ins and I got paid better than I'd ever gotten paid in the business for nine months. Wow. That's, that's I, I get double-edged sword, I guess. Right. I mean, good money, but you want yeah. more out of it. Right. And then I, then I, then I did a, a run-in with new Jack. Oh no. And, and, uh, no, New Jack was great. New Jack, you know, I, he passed recently, and yeah, um, he was a great guy. He never, I never had the problems with New Jack that I've heard other people say they've had problems with. Yeah. You know, it's because I treated him with respect. I listened to him, and uh, you know, he worked with me. Um, and then we were supposed to have from that run in, there was supposed to be a match the following uh, month, but it wound up not happening. So I wound up working with Supreme. Okay. Which. Uh, you know, uh, you know, of course, Lester's also passed and yeah. um, Lester was a great guy. He had a great family. And uh, but at the same time, it was, you know, what went on in XPW was just, uh, you know, there weren't a lot of good matches. There was just gore and uh, violence and things that were unnecessary and certainly things that you weren't getting paid enough to do. Yeah. So. You know, um, and a few more things after that. And then uh, when they started doing, going to the XPW arena and, uh, or excuse me, the ECW arena, that they renamed the XPW arena, when they started doing that, I was done. I had such a horrible taste in my mouth for the business. And, you know, and I kind of missed the opportunity. I should have from there went out to Tennessee and, uh, you know, uh, went to, or, you know, started doing uh, when TNA started. Okay, that's yeah. probably what I should have done, but I didn't do it, and I wound up coming back like almost a year and a half later. I was out of the business, and I came back and started doing the Rev Pro again, and just to kind of prove to myself that I could continue to that I could still do it, and I did. But you know, the thing that I was always the victim of in the business it was the fact that I didn't have a lot of good people to work with. You know, when I started, you know, I started right when the territories had all died. Yeah. And so I didn't have that veteran that would take me under his wing and we'd wrestle and be married to each other for a year uh, on the road. And he'd teach me all the ins and I didn't have that. By my, by my third match, I was the ring general. I was planning out the matches and, wow. you know, and you can't do that when you're 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And, you're not even a man yet. Yeah. So I was a victim of that. Um, 
just kind of th- thrown out there like for slaughter almost, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. my first match in the EWF was a, a uh, handicap match, me uh, and Dick Danger. Uh, and if you put the word less after Dick, you'll have exact my exact opinion of Dick Danger. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is something I said back then. But uh, no, he's a great guy. Uh, and then against the, uh, this Australian or New Zealand cat named Tomatoa. Big, huge. He looks Samoan. He was this huge guy. Dick Danger and Tomatona were having their very first match. That had, that was probably my fourth or fifth match. Oh, wow. And yet, and then they wonder why the match sucked. Yeah. You know. What place were you on the card? Second or third. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it was second. I think we were the second match. You know, and then... Uh, I, I was working with Red, with Cincinnati Red, but, you know, it wasn't, and Red was good, but he still hadn't learned certain things about the business. You know, I remember they turned him heel, and, you know, then he and I are facing, now I'm supposed to be, people aren't sure whether I'm a heel or a baby face, you know, because it was never really established. Yeah. Just, you know, Red turned on me. You know, we well, we what we were doing, we were in a tag match, is me and Red against the Haystacks, and I was doing heel shit during the match, and Red was getting upset with me. But then Red really turned up the volume, and I got accidentally busted open, and you know there was blood. It was just blood all over the place because I got hit in the back of the head with a chair. Um, and you know then just this whole huge pull apart brawl with me and Red, and then we're gonna have it. Then we go, go to have a match on the next show where I'm just putting him over. And then we go on to have another at the end, the first year anniversary show. Me and Red had a, an opening match, and Red is supposed to be the heel. Yeah. But then the fans are cheering for him because they don't know that, and he's out there slapping hands. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, oh my God. You know, no wonder they're booing at the comeback because, yeah, as far as they're concerned, I'm a heel. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of mixed signals out there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, uh, that's, uh, you know, a little history of, you know, things that, that I was, I had done in the business, not, not a whole hell of a lot, but, uh, you know, I, I got, uh, some rejuvenation in the business when I was able to come back and start to do commentary with you. Yeah. Cause, um, I remember when I first started coming around, EWF was around, 2010 and mm-hmm. i think what you you came back to do commentary what at the uh um anniversary show in 2011 wasn't it when 2010 worked, or 2011 something like that yeah you work with lalo and kelly i believe yeah yeah and it was just uh you know it was it wasn't it was just a one-time deal yeah and then uh and then see at the time i was thinking i was going to uh, come back and wrestle oh wow um, i didn't know that. i'd come back and do commentary and we'd eventually do like a an angle that would lead to me coming back to wrestle. Please tell you me know. it was just supposed to be you and, and Tommy Wilson, because that would have been a great match. I don't know. I, I was actually pushing for that. That was going to be the, uh, the idea. Cause I, like I was Tommy's guy and then Tommy would turn on me and that would lead to, that was what I was talking about doing. Um, but unfortunately uh, I was just unable to physically uh, do it. I didn't want to risk it. You know, I mean, one bad bump and I was, you know, worried about, 
you know, I was screaming about my back the whole time, but that was a work. My, my, my back wasn't the major issue. My, the concussions were. Okay. You know? Yeah. I remember I had, I had uh, interviewed you um, back in 2014 about the concussions. I was writing a, a research paper about that. And I was surprised right. at, you know, a lot of the stuff that you told me about that. Like well, we, didn't earlier know. we didn't know about, you know, the deal with concussions until, you know, I mean, after the Benoit thing, that kind of led to some more studies and, you know, and today we know a lot more about it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm pretty convinced I'll donate my, my brain to science, donate the rest of my body to science fiction. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, cause uh, you know, I've had a number of MRIs and, you know, it's shows that there's no permanent damage, but the damage is still there. Yeah. Yeah, it never never goes away. I mean, that's that's one part of the body that you know it's it's more complex than any other part. It a lot of things are irreversible. It takes longer to heal if it even does, and it's a constant learning thing still to this day with CTE and concussion and whatnot. It's crazy. Yeah, no, and then you know, and the thing is, is that they, they until recently they haven't, and it's still you know really in its infancy. Uh, they haven't been able to study the brain until the person's so dead. Yeah. They can open the, the skull up and look in there. You know, they've been able to study a whole host of other things, you know, while, while the, the patient's alive. But, uh, you know, the, you know, the brain is, you know, where life is, you know, everything else is just a gear in the wheel. The brain is the central part. And, Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great ride in EWF doing commentary. You know, I got to do the thing with uh, what super crazy, uh, SoCal crazy, SoCal crazy, SoCal crazy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I remember um, that feud. That was one of one of the highlights there during that. One feud of the year. Yep, yep. You know, I was really you know really respected in EWF at that time. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I won. I got you know the. Um, what do you call it? Uh, what is it, the Bruiser Brody Award, or what, 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 was, what was that award they gave me? Um, um, the, like the Great Goliath. Yeah, the Great Goliath. Uh, um, At the like year, a, year end award, lifetime achievement award. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I, I got that like almost immediately on on coming in. And then I got uh, the uh, feud of the year with SoCal Crazy, um, you know. And then you know things started taking a, a turn for the worse for me around 2015, because I had, uh, you know, you know I had some drug problems. You know I was getting hooked on pills, was drinking a lot, and uh, a lot of it just had to do with the fact that, uh, you know, I wasn't happy in my personal life. EWF was the only time I was happy. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, there was, uh, I was having, you know, just trouble in my personal life and it was really hard, you know, when it came to wrestling to just sit back and watch. I, I wanted imagine. to get in there. I wanted to get in there and work. That's why the, the SoCal thing was so SoCal crazy thing was so great because I got to do some working, you know, I didn't have to, I didn't bump, you know, I couldn't bump, but yeah. I, I could get in there and do a few things and interfere. And I remember when we had that, that, that my team against so-called crazy's team, 
And, uh, you know, I was like running over to the commentary table and saying, doing commentary and then coming out and doing this and this and this. It was a lot of fun. You know, but then we went to, uh, you know, I was I was taking pills, drinking, and uh, we went to the uh, Cauliflower Alley uh, Club that year, and I made it. I made a fool out of myself. It wasn't that bad, but I mean, I just I I, I embarrassed myself with uh, how I was behaving because I was you know, just stoned out of my gourd. Yeah, I, I vaguely vaguely remember hearing about some of that. I remember me, you and Crystal, we, we went to, to dinner that night or something like that to, you know, for you to Mm -hmm. get something in your system to kind of soak things up a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, I just, I just, I wasn't happy. I was very unhappy in my life and, uh, I had no drive, you know, my marriage wasn't doing good. And, uh, I just, I felt like every, I was just stuck in this, rut of okay my life's not going to get any better i can't make any changes i can't make any improvements and uh you know 20 you know you know parts of 2015 and then into 2016 you know i was you know i was in bad shape you know my uh marriage started falling apart and i just couldn't I couldn't figure a way out. I just couldn't. I didn't know how to, you know, I didn't have any money. I wasn't working. And, you know, at the time I thought I couldn't work. And, you know, I was, you know, on disability and getting a very low limited income. Yeah. And uh, I was trying, I was relying more on my wife to, uh, bring home money and you know that wasn't going so well and uh, I wound up burning 2016 you know just trying to stay afloat and keep what what we had at the time you know I wound up going through all my savings and you know and by the time we got to that summer uh, I was just I had made the decision that okay this is it I'm gonna I'm gonna hang it up I'm gonna check out and that's exactly what I tried to do. Yeah, I remember that. That was when I heard about that, man, my heart sank, bro, because like I don't know if I ever told you or even hinted at it or anything like that, but you at the time especially were one of my closest friends and mentor. I looked up to you so much and when I I got the call about about that, I just, I felt like I almost lost a family member, bro. Really? Yeah. Well, fortunately, you didn't lose a family member. I, I survived. Yes. Don't know how I took enough pills to kill a herd of elephants. And I, you know, wound up, you know, I, what happened was I wound up regurgitating, throwing up after I had passed out. And, you know, but the pills kept me under. So I, I wound up choking on my vomit. Yeah. Um, and passing out and you know if it wasn't for my dog my dog Chewy who passed away you know, I, had to, I had to put him down uh, last year I'm sorry to hear that yeah it was, yeah, it was really hard hard you know you have a dog for uh, 14 years yeah yeah it's, it's tough they're family members they're not pets yes. they're, they're family yes. members yeah. and 
he woke up uh he woke up my uh my wife and you know she found me and she dug the vomit out of my mouth and called 911 and you know i made it and by the time i got to the hospital my lungs had collapsed and uh my heart was fluttering and at one point my heart stopped and then they used the uh, adrenaline and shock things to 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 bring me back but i was technically dead wow you know, I wasn't totally brain dead, but I was, my, my, my gears had stopped moving. Yeah. Yeah. And I was in a coma for a week and then I was disoriented for a, for about another week, maybe four or five days before I came to. And the first thing you, th you know, I, I woke up screaming. I woke wow. up screaming. Yeah. And in, uh, in the hospital. Being, yeah. Like I was being pulled back from death. Oh, wow. Oh. You know, yeah. And, you know, and the whole time there was nothing, there. there was nothing blackness. You know, I don't, there was no looking at your body or any of that crap you hear. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing. There was nothing. And, uh, I, uh, you know, the, the nurses that were watching me, they were, uh, telling me what was going on and, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the boys reached out to me. You know, I woke up once and Jesse, Jesse Hernandez was sitting there. Yeah. You know, and at first I was panicking and I was trying to tell everybody that this was an accident. And then I later admitted, you know, no, I, I tried to, I tried to check out. Yeah. And I, re I remember hearing that at first that, you know, something, you know, I got a call. I think it was from Jake. I think he had called me up and told me, you know, something that happened. And then uh, a week later, I remember, I think it was Jesse that was telling me, you know, what had really happened or so. And I was like, yeah. wow, I was just blown away. Well, I guess some of the boys came down while I was in the in a coma and they said I had like 40 different wires hooked into me or some, something like that. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, did anybody film this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they no, film everything else in the world, right? I mean, no, we thought that would be disrespectful. Like, oh no, we should have filmed it. You guys should have yeah. like recorded this stuff. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> turned out it wouldn't have mattered because that 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 uh, put it into my uh, uh, that led to me getting fired from EWF. I've always I wondered about it because I heard so many different stories about that because I remember hearing that after you were released from the hospital, like maybe a month or so after that, you went to one of the Covina events. And I heard rumors of like something happened between you and Jake or something like that. And then that was it. Well, what happened was I was uh, calling Jake and letting him know that I was ready to come back to do commentary. And he had even said, you'll be the biggest baby face when you come back. Oh yeah. Wrestling fans have their, have their, uh, you know, have their bad points, but wrestling fans have their bad points but uh ultimately you know their their hearts are pure i mean my benefit show when i had cancer showed that you know yeah. i mean everybody came out of the woodwork and it was it, it, i mean that felt really good when i when i was getting help like that 
But anyway, I go to the show was in Corona. It was a car show. It was a show that, uh, oh, what was his name? Uh, Handsome Johnny Starr had put together. Okay. Yeah. Johnny Starr. Yeah. So I told Jake that I was ready to come back and we were kind of having back and forth. He's like, I'm not sure, you know. Um, now, while I was in the hospital recovering, the uh, original Mr. Wonderful Rock Riddle came to see me. You know, and of course he shows up in a three-piece suit, <laughs> yeah. in the middle of June, full gimmick, right? <laughs> full gimmick. You know, and uh, and then I remember like I was in the bathroom when he showed up, and then the nurse was like, uh, "Yeah, this guy named uh, what's your name, Rock? Rock? He's all Rock. She's like Rock Riddle. I go Rock Riddle. Right. And I come out of the thing, you know, come out of the bathroom, my hospital gown, and and." Uh, and the nurse is like, who is this? And then Rock Riddle goes into his gimmick, into his promo to the nurse. And then I'm acting like his manager and putting him over, you know. Now that, they should have recorded that. <laughs> yeah, they should have. And uh, Rock's like, well, you know, they got this TV show coming up. So I'll, uh, and I know Rock was somewhat involved in helping put that deal together. Yeah. I'll do the, I'll do color commentary until you're ready to come back. And I'm like, okay, you know, but I, I'll be ready, you know, you know, because, Here's the deal. When I when I woke up from the and I got my wits back to me, I was instantly filled with regret because not only did I hurt myself, I hurt the people that I love, the mm -hmm. people that love me. They everyone goes, "What's going to happen when you die? People will miss you. That's what's going to happen." Yeah. And I, oh my, you know, I really hurt my father. I hurt, uh, you know, my family or my friends. You know, and there's no making it right. You just have to deal with the the anger that they have towards you, and and hopefully it'll it subside. And it did, you know. But I've had relationships that have been forever changed, and unfortunately, I lost my relationship with with Jesse and with the EWF, and not so much some of the boys. The boys were like, you know, the boys are the boys, you know. So they were they were all coming to my side, and yeah. uh, you know, talking to me. But, uh, you know, Tommy Wilson was, was great. Uh, yeah, Tommy's uh, awesome. Yeah, he's a great guy. He was, he was there, uh, um, you know, a few others. But anyway, I went to this, Jake was like, you know, we were having our words back and forth. And, you know, he said he wasn't sure because, you know, what I just tried to do. And he knew I'd been on, you know, I'd worked stoned before and, He's enough. I go, Jake, I'm off all that shit. And don't give me any, I'd said this right to him. I go, don't give me any shit for being high while I'm doing commentary. You're the one who gave me four bottles of Somas. Wow. Yeah. So not that he was my supplier. He just he came up with a, he, he had a bunch of shit that was given to him by somebody else and he had no longer any need for it. So he's like, Hey, do you want it? And I was like, sure. And when, when was this? Like what time period? Uh, this was in late 2015, early 2016. Holy shit. So we were still working together at that time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, there were plenty of shows that I was, you know, I was in an altered state. Well, I mean, I know, I know that I didn't know what you were on, but I knew there was. Some okay. Stuff. Here was my routine. Here was my routine. Oh, yeah? I would, uh, I would wake up in the morning and I would take, uh, I'd take two Percocet, two Somas, uh, a Xanax 
And then I'd also take, uh, you know, bipolar medication because I just learned that I was bipolar and was learning how to cope and going through the, the weird science of experiments with different medications. Wow. Um, you know, like antidepressant, anti-anxiety, uh, and then, uh, you know, also taking Adderall to, to uh, Jeez. Wow, wake up from all that so I could function, yeah. you know, uh, drinking a ton of energy drinks to, to, to function. Um, and then at night, uh, taking Ambien as well. Oh, man. You know, and uh, then th that was, that was uh, my, what I took in the morning. Midway through, I'd take the, the same round of it again, mm. and I'd be drinking Jack Daniels throughout the day. Jesus Christ, man. You know? So, uh, yeah, I, but I didn't think I had a problem because I was taking maybe, maybe 10, maybe 12 pills, maybe 15. Fuck. Uh, you know, and I, then I hear Kurt Angle talk about how he took 65 extra strength Vicodin in a day. You know, oh, like, you know what? I, I, you know, I was like, I, I'm taking, you know, this may be a crutch, but it's not an addiction. Yeah. Wow. You know, and you'd always, throw more pills here and there and you know two okay let's take a third let's take a fourth you know it's like enough to kill a small horse yeah Fuck. you know and then uh so i was so uh you know that was my routine you know for basically a year two years you know and then you'd swear it off you know and you'd be like okay i gotta stop this stuff and then then start with one pill and then you start with two pills and then you start with it just you know it's like smoking cigarettes it would just you know you'd start with one start with two then you're buying a pack yeah um were you still were you doing this while you're doing like the juice fasts and all oh, that yeah. too or yeah yeah i was doing all the I, you know that was my that was how i rationalized it it was like you know i'm doing juice fasts you know i'm doing gdp yoga i'm you know well that's probably uh, what I'm helped you throughout health. that what yeah kept because you going? Kept yeah. my system what was funny too is that you know, I wound up having some of that medication taken away from me by the doctors because they would test me and they say, we don't find any of it in your system. You must be selling it. And oh. I'm like, no, I do juice fast every three months. Yeah. I drink green juice every day. I, I, you know, at the time I was a vegan. Yep. You know. Um, I remember that. You actually got me to go vegan for six or seven months in, back in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Anyway, back to the Corona show and the parking yeah. lot show. Um, I show up and uh, we're backstage. All right. And I don't know how, what got said about, oh, actually I do. Um, it was, this was based on when I was on the, at the anniversary show. And I remember telling Jake, hey, is it okay if I say something about not being put into the Hall of Fame, that I'm the legend, I should be in the Hall of Fame? Before yeah. the show, he's like, yeah, do it. So I get on the mic, and what I wound up doing was giving away the Captain America Civil War had just come out that day. Yeah. So I went and saw a matinee, and then I came to the show, and I gave away the ending to Captain America Civil War, which got a ton of heat. Yeah, I remember before the show, you were telling me you were going to do it, and you were like, should I do it? Should I not? And I was like, fucking do it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember uh, Bart Kopetsky, who, uh, you know, uh, uh, he's a good guy. Uh, he he was laughing his ass off, <laughs> and he was like, he's like, I was only laughing because I saw it that morning too, you know. And uh, <laughs> you know, there were like three people that were laughing hysterically because they saw the movie. Yeah, and everyone else was pissed, especially but Jake was super pissed. 
he hadn't seen it yet then. But he hadn't uh, seen it. But he wasn't in the he wasn't out in the arena when this was going on. He was backstage. Yeah. So he didn't hear it. Oh, and okay. That's the only reason your ass isn't fired. Ooh. And uh, for a movie. For a movie. Yeah. You know. You know, and so anyway, we go to this Corona show, and then I brought. There was another movie. I think it was Suicide Squad. Was coming out. And I, I made a joke that I go, hey, should I go out there and give out uh, the results, the ending to Suicide Squad? And, you know, they got some chuckles. And then, J- and then Jake's just staring at me. He's really mad-dogging me. Wow. And he goes, Matt, don't make you don't make me make you try to kill yourself again. What? He said that in the locker room in front of all the boys and girls. He said that in front of everybody. Don't. Don't make me make you try to kill yourself again holy shit dude he, so i laughed okay just, I, like just like that like all like that was word for everybody word was, this is you know you know how locker rooms are yeah. everybody was scattered in this room and he and i are about 10 feet away from each other and he said that to me oh fuck dude and i didn't sell it i laughed it off okay because i'm mean, I mean, but it was like getting hit in the face with a bat oh yeah I mean, especially how close you guys were you know and I was just like, wow. And I got so many texts that night about that. Did, I mean, okay, what was the tone? I mean, did he say it like in a serious manner or yeah. was he trying to well, crack I think a joke? He was trying or... to joke, but, you know, make it like you don't know if he's joking type of yeah. deal. It wasn't like like slapstick or, you know, within a, using a funny voice or, you know, yeah. or sounding sarcastic. He sounded serious. Jesus. I knew he wasn't. Yeah. I didn't take it that way. I didn't take it that way as being serious. I don't think anybody took it that way. Yeah. But just the fact that he would bring that up and say that. And in front of everyone, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just like he and I sitting back having a beer. You know, this was in front of everybody people that looked up to me, people that respected me, people that were happy I was okay, yeah. people that were like really worried about me, you know, and I was just like, whoa. And anyway, they're about to get this, do this TV show. So, and when I say TV show, it was local. A lot of it was internet. It was like a college network thing, right? Yeah, something like that, you know. Yeah, I remember that. But anyway, I thought that you and I were going to be doing commentary for this. Mm. I had departed at the anniversary show. I gave my notice when we did the San Bernardino Strong. Yeah, and then, uh, but then... uh, you know, then I'm doing some more, you know, I did some June show or some, uh, uh, I, I, done, you know, I'd done some shows prior to my incident and, uh, you and I had done a ton of stuff, obviously. Yeah. So then I get a call from Jake and he says, uh, well, we're not going to bring you back. And this is after the, the car show yeah, this is after the car show. Okay. You know, he goes, we're not going to bring you back. Rock Riddle's going to do color commentary. Wow. And I was just like, I go, he's like, I, I don't know how the fans are going to react. I go, you said it, that I would be the biggest baby face. So I, I can't control the fans. I go, you're not supposed to. <laughs> right. Okay. It's supposed I to be go, the other way around, right? <laughs> we could turn this into whatever you want to turn it into. Yeah. You know? And uh, he's just like, and I, you know, said whatever I said to him. I was really hurt. And I was also heard that I never heard from Jesse either. Oh, wow. You know, that, that uh, Jesse didn't call me and say, 
you know, you know, if this was all Jake. So I didn't even know what Jesse's, how Jesse's take on this was or what was even told to Jesse. Perhaps I should, I should have just called him and asked him how he felt. And uh, I remember I talked to Frank Mott about it. Yeah, and Frank's, Frank, Frank's a good guy. Frank's a great guy, and he didn't think it was right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what I, what I also believed at the time was that somehow because Rock Riddle was involved in that, you know, trying to put together that, that uh, TV show, that he wanted to do commentary. Oh, okay. You know, so I think that might have been something about it. And I, I came up with an angle. I said I wanted to actually have a match with Rock. Oh, shit. You know, and, you know, it would have been just us standing there and then I rolled him up or something like that. The match for the the, the play by or the color commentary position. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, I came up with this whole idea and, and it just, I, I don't know what the, what his thinking was. That's why I started to think that it may have had to do with the TV show. Um, but yeah, he, uh, yeah, he fired me. And, uh, I was just like, I go, I go, I go, am I the first guy in this business that's had problems? Am I the first guy that, that, uh, you know, I didn't do any, it wasn't like I ever showed up on, on, at the EWF arena or any other show we did and made a fool of myself. Yeah, no, n nothing ever inappropriate, especially in front of the fans. Never. Yeah, I wasn't like doing what things like Jake Roberts and Scott Hall did. <laughs> I wasn't doing any of that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. No, I wasn't that bad. Uh. And uh, I always delivered. I always performed. Yep. Yeah, you and, did. And he and I remember him saying, you know, you know, I, I think that uh, your, your, uh, your performance has really gone downhill. And I go, because there's nobody, you got shit out there. And plus... I guess a lot of the young guys were complaining to Jesse, who was then complaining to Jake. Matt's making fun of us. He's telling us we're too small. He's making fun of how much we, uh, the way we wrestle. And I'm like, okay, first of all, do you realize that I am a heel color yeah. commentator? I am supposed to put the heels over and talk crap about the baby faces. Yeah. That is what I am supposed to do. I got the and, same shit from a lot of guys too, saying that I let you get away with a lot of stuff that I should have, you know, supported them as, as the baby face. And I, my, my response to that was I'm play by play. I'm supposed to just call the action, match the heel. He analyzes things. He's the, he's the guy with yeah. the experience in the ring. I mean, that's the duo right there. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, I just kept getting, you know, and no one would say anything to me. So they would cry to Jake, cry to Jesse because this, you know, this was the start of the woke generation. <laughs> yeah. Of, just babies they couldn't handle ribs today like ribs don't take place in locker rooms anymore yeah you know for the most part and they could not handle it because they'd, they'd cry because that's what you know i mean my my grandfather fought the japanese in world war ii and yeah. when he was when he was when he was a young man yeah. and now ki kids today need safe zones because words hurt yep and it's just it's turned into just, it's just such a bunch of babies out there and uh, so anyway, uh, the funny thing about the TV show, and this is still in the EWF archives, because I've gone back and looked, when they wound up putting episodes together for the TV show, mm -hmm. it was all older stuff. You and I were doing commentary. Wrestling Night in the Empire clips. 
Yeah. Yep. I remember. It was all because, because from my understanding, Rock Riddle was awful at commentary, and whoever else they had him with out there was. Yeah, my um, my replacement was uh, was Brian. Yeah. Brian was the play- yeah. I, really I, I worked with him a couple times. I was I was happy with his work, and I remember before I left, I I suggested you know, I gave him you know I, I put him over to to Jake and Jetsy. I said uh, Brian Brian's a good guy. You know mm-hmm. he'll work out. So I mean, and I have not spoken to Jake since. I haven't spoken to Jesse since. It's been five years. Yeah, yep. and uh, one time, like out of the blue, Jake texted me. He's like, "I need to talk to you, uh, but I don't know if you want me to call you." And I'm like, "Call me." And he never did. And this was when I guess when the incident where Jesse the tr- the ring truck caught on fire, and uh, you know that ordeal happening. But I mean, he had that truck since 1970. So I mean, it's just. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when that. I believe that was early 2017. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, Jake, you know, black metal. He's also known in lucha as Senior Frustrado, mm. which means Mister Frustrated. Oh, really? Because he's never happy with anything. Yeah, that's what the lucha, lucha guys have told me. But that's oh, wow. they, they know Jake. They, they they say he's known as Senior Frustrado. And. Uh, Cause he was never satisfied with anything, never happy with anything, always frustrated. And, uh, you know, I remember, uh, the, the EF awards dinner. You remember over the dinner every year? Yeah. Um, that, that, uh, um, in 2016 we had the dinner and, you know, I would speak at every one of them. And, uh, then they'd also give like recognition, awards to everybody you know it's just like just like you know everybody gets a trophy you know I, that's and, what i heard uh, from a couple of the boys was you know like i don't want to name names but there was there was a couple of guys that would tell me when i'd ask them are you going to go to the dinner and they're like why so i get the participation trophy and yeah i'd, I'd laugh it off you know I'd be like yeah well at least you get a good meal out of it yeah i, I just looked like hanging out with the boys and yeah. you know just having fun and you don't even get to do stuff like that that often yeah so uh Especially out of but I remember that that year, right before before my incident, um, before the anniversary show, I think we did them in January. Yeah. And uh, Jake goes to you know give me my participation award. Normally, I would get to speak, you know, at every one. Yeah. And this this year, he wouldn't let me speak. Hmm. Um, and except when I got my participation award, you know. I was yeah. able to talk a little bit then. He was going to ha- – he had uh, – oh, uh, a couple guys. I can't remember who. Uh, do uh, kind of roast Jesse a little bit. Roast Jake and Jesse. And uh, they were doing – somebody did an impression of me. And I was laughing and having a good time. And I think it bothered Jake because he wanted them – like he wanted me to get mad at oh, their impression really? of me and, and the things that were going on. And I – was, yeah okay fine it's cool yeah i got a sense of humor yeah yeah and uh because i could just see him like i was laughing and he just was like oh, oh. you know just constantly you just look so frustrated like okay this isn't going the way i was hoping this was gonna piss Matt off or whatever and um i don't know i don't know what his thinking was but then when he goes to introduce me he, he always told everybody that i was the reason he got into the business that i was his because he used to come when he was a teenager, he used to come and watch me in W uh, and uh, what's it? 
at the Anaheim uh, Lucha shows. Oh, at the marketplace? The marketplace, yeah. Yeah. He used to come and watch me, and he loved, he was a big fan of mine. You know, um, he even had, he like, he showed me one time, he had an old picture of me and him together. And, uh, you know, he, he just, he really, and he used to say that every year, he would tell everybody, you know, he's the reason I got into the business. He's the reason, you know. So that year, that last year, he tells everybody, this next guy is, you know, was my hero and why I got into the business. And I really don't know why. What? And I was just like, oh, okay. So I went with it. I, I, and this also pissed him off because, you know, if you're going to fuck with me, I'm going to get it over. Yeah. All right? I'm going to make you look like shit and I'm going to put myself over. You're in it to I'm, win. I'm not going to sell it. <laughs> I'm not going to sell it. Yeah. You know, and, Unless it's something we worked out beforehand, unless it's an actual work, yeah, I'm not going to sell it. I'm going to put myself over. Yeah, and you know, and when Jake said that, I go, I don't really know either, Jake. You know, <laughs> because I was a much better wrestler than you. Ooh. But anyway, <laughs> bang bang. <laughs> you know, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I so I have not spoken to Jake. I have not spoken to Jesse. I left the wrestling business. I uh, was just done. I could have gone to a few other places, but I just, it, it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. After oh, things like that happened. It I, just I feel you on that, man. Yeah, this is plus, a point. You know, plus, I had to deal with my personal life. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is the first part of this two-part special interview. Conversation. Shooting the shit, whatever you want to call it with the expert Matt Sinister. Next week, we will have part two, so stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't forget to check out Ring Scoops on social media, all the platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, all that, at Ring Scoops is the username, twitch.tv slash Ring Scoops, prowrestlingtees.com slash Ring Scoops, and also now available for sale is the Ring Scoops wrestling card game. You get more information on that over at ringscoops.com. I want to thank Matt Sinister for appearing on the podcast. And again, don't forget, next week, part two. So stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm the webmaster Wayne Needham saying thank you, good night, and be cool.